We're previewing the Rams-Bengals Week 3 matchup on Monday Night Football. Biggest storylines, key matchups, predictions, and more. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And in week three, the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams are in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. We're going to get into the biggest stories, the biggest matchups, and the things to watch in this week three contest in this crossover Thursday episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase letters locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And guys, coming into this season, I personally was excited for this game. It looks like revenge game in capital letters all over it for the Cincinnati Bengals. Hmm. Now, of course, dealing with the Joe Burrow leg injury, the calf injury that has recurred for him. But let's start with L.A. I think exceeding expectations from my outside perspective so far, two games into this season. What's the biggest story with the Rams? Well, I think you put your finger on it, Jake. I think that this is a team that had quite to, to be, you know, optimistic, maybe, you know, this could be a seven win team, an eight win team. Vegas had them at, at, at six and a half coming into the season. And there really wasn't much of a path when you looked at their offseason as to how they were going to get into the postseason. They just, you saw a lot of talent leave, guys like Bobby Wagner and Leonard Floyd and certainly Jalen Ramsey, and very little of it come in. And it was, okay, let's see what you have with the young guys. Let's see whether or not Aaron Donald looks right. Let's see whether or not Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are, are healthy and ready to go. And through two weeks, I don't know if Rams fans could have asked for any more. You'd like to be 2-0, and but playing against San Francisco, who's your nemesis, who might be the best team in the league, and you at least gave them a, a competitive game, I think that there's an incredible amount of optimism around this team that didn't exist as, as recently as two weeks ago. What would you say the biggest surprise is, Doug? Is it, is it Puka Nakua? Is it as simple as that? Is it just credit to the coaching staff for figuring out a way to take this team that, Travis, you mentioned, has seen some talent leave and get it off to the right start here? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that these rookies we knew were going to be a big part of this team. We knew that they needed to contribute. But the fact they performed so well so early, it's been huge. Not just Puka Nakua, who's setting records. He's making history, shattering records, to be honest. But also, you have Steve Avila. Their offensive line has been so much better through two games. But last year, it's one of the worst offensive lines we've ever seen. Stafford was consistently banged up throughout the season. This year, he's only been sacked once. He's only been hit four times. And we know here in Ramsland that if you give Stafford time, you protect him, they're going to lie at the scoreboard. So I would say absolutely the fact that not only the rookies have contributed, but so early and so quickly here. On the other side of things with Cincinnati, I mean, it's pretty simple what's going on with the Bengals right now. It's it's Joe Burrow's calf. It's the story that we're all watching this week. It's the story that we're probably not going to have answers to, to be honest. Even if he doesn't practice Thursday, which I don't expect him to practice Thursday, I guess we'll see. Maybe we'll get some hints as to whether or not he talks with the media on Thursday when the starting quarterback is scheduled to meet with the media. But this goes back to July 
burrow practice with that calf sleeve on i noticed it right away i wasn't in training camp for that particular practice i was there later in camp didn't see joe burrow when i was there of course and noticed immediately like hmm, you don't wear a calf sleeve as a fashion statement it's not right. like some of the cool swag you see guys wear on their <laughs> arms or, or you know various wristbands leg bands that kind of stuff a calf sleeve is something that you wear something is tight to keep the muscle warm and they scale back to practice plan that day. He makes a reactive play, just playing football, rolls out, hurts his right calf, just rolling out of the pocket to his right. Starting to come back, feeling pretty good, has a couple good weeks of practice, and then in week two, gets through the entire game until the third to last play, and in almost identical fashion, just making a football play, trying to extend the play, starts rolling to his right. I think the exact same way he heard it the first time, he aggravates that injury, and we don't know exactly how bad it is. Joe Burrow, after the game, said repeatedly, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel. We're going to give sure. it a few sleeps. We're going to get some imaging done. We're going to see how it is. But if Burrow can't go or can't even practice and, and maybe tries to play through it, either way, you're going to get a diminished version or no version of Joe Burrow this week. And that's a pretty big concern when this team yeah. goes as Joe Burrow goes. Jake, let me ask you this, because I, I'm going through what the Rams went through last year when Matthew Stafford was injured and or out of the lineup. And he basically was out of the lineup for the second half of the season. And even prior to that, he was not healthy for a variety of different injuries. And, you know, I kept trying to find ways to say, okay, well, if this happens and that happens and that happens, they can still find a way to win the game. The fact of the matter was they couldn't. Right. That until they got Baker Mayfield into the house and he gave them a little bit of spark. You know, Baker Mayfield is, I understand, not the second coming of John Elway, but he was the first pick overall. He has some basic ability in this league. But when there was, you know, John Wolford, when there was Bryce Perkins last season, there really was not a path to victory with either of those two guys. What about with your backup? Yeah, the backup for this week for Cincinnati that would likely be the first on the field, as far as I understand it, would be Jake Browning, who has not played NFL football outside of the preseason before, was active, I guess, a couple games in his career. The Bengals got him up off the practice squad late in the season the last couple of years to get him some game checks, but mm -hmm. there's a pretty significant difference there. Was not impressive in the preseason. They also had Trevor Simeon in. There was a quarterback battle there for the backup spot. They got to work with starters for the entirety of camp, and neither guy really separated it was kind of a who messes up the least. Browning did do a few things that were nice late in the preseason, showed a little bit of command over the offense, has been in the system at least for three years, spending the last two with the Bengals on the practice squad. But my expectations of Browning as a quarterback are not high. It's a how can the Bengals offense adapt for a game plan that is so driven by Joe Burrow's abilities. It's so built around Joe Burrow, the way he plays football, the way he processes the field, the things he likes, the concepts he likes. You put another quarterback into that world, you probably have to make some pretty significant changes. One of those might be putting it on Joe Mixon's shoulders, who's yeah. played pretty well this year, but they have not run the ball a ton, and the running game that they've shown has been somewhat limited because they've, living, they've been living exclusively out of the shotgun. So, gonna be interesting. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say that I've got a, a ton of faith in the Bengals' backups right now. I mean, I'm almost yep. more interested to see Will Greer, who they brought in off waivers and has been with the team for two weeks, because at least he has some tools in the back, right? At least he has some clubs in the back. 
Yeah, no, and I would say, like, I mean, that's the number one question in this game is how close to 100% is Joe Burrow? Because to me, even a somewhat diminished Joe Burrow is suboptimal, but it's going to be better than a Brownie, right? We look at that trio of wide receivers. I watched the last game. Last, it really took six quarters for the Bengals this year, but they finally got a rhythm. They got some confidence in that offense. And I think if they pick up where they left off in this game, they fought that last game. And I think that both of us, both of our teams are coming off these moral victories. And we hate these moral victories, but still, I think that which team kind of carries that momentum into the next game is going to be big. And you got some positive news on Joe Burrow today. It seems like that things are getting better. He is improving. I've been diving into like Bengals message boards, not because of this game, because he's my fantasy quarterback. And I'm like deep in the weeds. Apparently there's a place called the precinct in Cincinnati. It's like a neighborhood. There's a bar there. They saw him walking. So, Hey, it looks like he's going to give it a go, but I find it funny. People say, well, like we saw Joe Burrow walking at a bar and he wouldn't be around walking. He wasn't putting, putting weight on his leg. Hey, you can be out there walking at a bar. Doesn't mean you're ready to play NFL football. So yeah, he's the $275 million man. I think if I told you before the season that the Rams would have 812 yards heading into this game and the Bengals had 424 yards heading this game, no one would believe you, right? So it's going to be very interesting to see what they get, if any, out of Joe Burrow. The Rams are very impressive in that week two matchup. That's where I bought it. And week one, often very weird. I think Seattle's a good team, but you never want to read too much into week one, right? But you do it two weeks in a row. Hey, that that starts to make me a bit of a believer. Let's talk about some of the matchups in this game. You mentioned Joe Burrow's walking around. I'll say this about that just really quick before we get to those matchups. He was walking for weeks before he yeah. was ready to play. I mean, like a month before he was ready to play. If he plays this weekend, it's because he said, screw it, I'm playing. And so we'll see what happens there. We'll get some more information this week. We'll hopefully have some updates on Locked On Bengals in our next episode and right before the game on Monday. But coming up next, guys, let's dive into the biggest matchups that will decide this game. And we'll probably have to work under the assumption that Joe Burrow will not be playing. We'll go there coming up next. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. It's honestly the easiest and most exciting way I've ever played Daily Fantasy Sports. You can get your entries in in just 60 seconds or less. You went up to 25 times your money on one entry. The way it works, you just pick two players, whether they will have more or less in their projected stats. It's just you against the projections, not the thousands of spreadsheet warriors that might be out there playing on other Daily Fantasy websites. And if you win, it's as simple as Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. To check it out, go check out prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use promo code LockedOnNFL right now for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL for that first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, guys, we just went through something not that long ago where everything was a little unsettled and you weren't quite sure what was going to happen next. And that feeling of being unprepared can be incredibly unsettling. So this is why I want to tell you guys about Jace Case, because Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, right? Whether or not we go through something like we just did with a pandemic, maybe you're taking a trip overseas, maybe you're going on a hike and you're not gonna be near medical care. This is what Jace Case can do. You go online and you take care of this now so you're covered by the time you actually need these antibiotics. It is a 
You fill out a simple form online. In some cases, you jump on a quick call with one of the board-certified physicians, and they are going to make sure that you get what you need, right? You can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics delivered right to your door. Mine showed up just the other day. It's easy, it's quick, and you have peace of mind. You go to Jace Medical, of course, plus an additional $20 off using the code Locked On at checkout, jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Give yourself peace of mind. Save more than 360 bucks. Use that additional code locked on for $20 off. That's Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. Let's get into some of the biggest matchups that will decide this Monday night football game. And, and Doug, I think it's fitting. When I was talking to you, when we were getting ready for this, we we're setting up our, our background, talking about one of the, the, the Rams-specific talking point that we want to make sure we, we highlight in this episode. You called out the run defense and, and how the Rams have been dealing with the run so far in this young season. And with Joe Burrow not 100% or not playing, one of the two, maybe the Bengals lean into that run game. Is that something that you're looking at as one of the bigger matchups in this game? Or are you looking elsewhere, maybe on the offensive side of the ball, that you think is going to be more important? I think if you want to spotlight something on the defense, I think it's a combination of one. That's been one of their weak areas as far as the defense as a whole. The defense has exceeded expectations, but the rush defense particularly has been a little bit of a weakness. They rank 31st in the NFL, an average of 5.3 yards per carry allowed. And on the flip side, Joe Mixon has been really one of those bright spots for you guys through the first couple of games. He's been their most consistent player. 13 carries each game is physical, 4.4 yards per carry, 7.6 yards per reception. So, yeah, I mean, you got – you don't have a ton of beef outside of, of course, Aaron Donald, the best defensive player on the planet still, uh, in my opinion. But I think outside of that, Kobe Turner, he's looked really good. But really plugging those gaps, stopping the run, and just making those tackles is going to be huge. I think stopping Joe Mixon is going to be big, especially if you're not going to go with your QB1 in Joe Burrow. Yeah, when I look at the Rams roster, the the run D isn't something I would highlight. I'm looking at these corners, and I, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, and licking my lips a little bit, mm-hmm. if I have Joe Burrow at quarterback, how have those corners <laughs> held up? I, I know you've got. Am, am I right in that? No, no rookies in that corner room. Are there rookies? Well, in the corner well room? there are. There's guys like Trey Tomlinson who they drafted out of TCU that are there that have been getting more time the the, the 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 deeper we're getting into the season. But the fact of the matter is, while maybe some of them aren't rookies, they're very inexperienced. Whether you're talking about a guy like Russ Yeast or you're talking about a Darian Kendrick who's in his second year, these these are guys that are learning their way in the NFL on the fly. And so far, not too bad, right? It's a it's a pretty limited sample, but you've run into some very high-level wide receivers, whether it's Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in week one, whether it's Debo Samuel, Brendan uh, Ayuk in, in week two, the, the Christian McCaffrey, obviously, he's not going to get a ton of one-on-ones with, with defensive backs along the way, but they've held up against some teams that theoretically should be able to, to put a little bit on them. I, I think that that's a very good spot for the Rams, surprisingly. And, and this kind of is, is why, you know, Jake, you mentioned after seeing the 49er game, I know that DMAC and I were talking about it after both Seattle, that this doesn't feel fluky. It doesn't feel like a ball got tipped in the air and somebody made an interception and ran it back for a touchdown to win one of these games. It feels very sustainable for the Rams. They're, they're not the best team in the NFC. They're probably not the second or third best team in the NFC. But once you get into that four, five, six, seven, eight range, 
I think they can make a case for that, and I think this is a very good test for them. While I, I mean, I'm not happy that Joe Burrow's hurt because I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I was interested to see what it was going to look like against a really high-level quarterback. This was going to be their first test against a guy like that, and that it doesn't sound that that's going to happen. I think it gives the Rams a better chance to win, which I like, but I don't know if we're going to get that test of what a real quarterback looks like until they get Jalen Hurts in a couple of weeks. Man, no Geno Smith love. From, <laughs> no, from I'm not. Travis I'm not on Rams, huh? I'm not a team. Right, team said Rams. Fred. Man, he's one hit wonder right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was excited for this matchup for the the Super Bowl storyline that honestly is kind of an afterthought when you're talking about potentially the season being on the line for the Bengals. Zero and two start. If say Joe Burrow misses a week, because maybe they say oh, we're not going to get to 100 percent this year, but if we can rest you a week and get a feeling a little bit better. Maybe this is a week we choose to do it. We'll see what they do there. It's so hard to talk about this game outside of we'll see what happens with Joe Burrow. But I I am wondering what the wrinkle is for the McVay offense this year. He he seems to, with Matthew Stafford, always find a way to get production out of this offense. Obviously, the the trade of of Cam Akers today, a change of running back, Mm -hmm. the offensive line on paper. Looks like an offensive line the Bengals should be able to take advantage of. But last week, the Bengals could not take advantage of a Ravens offensive line that was missing two starters. So we'll see if they can bounce back this week and make things uncomfortable for Stafford. Because honestly, they might be looking to make this game into a defensive kind of slugfest, which I I wonder if that's something that they can accomplish with the McVay offense this this week. Jake and DMAC, I'll let you go from here, but I just want to throw this in there real quick is because I, I think the thing that McVeigh unlocked so far this season, it's Puka Nakua, right? Mm-hmm. That, that with Cooper Cup down, you know, we haven't even mentioned Cup's name. Here we are about halfway through the pod. And this is not only the Rams' best wide receiver, he's one of the best wide receivers in the whole league. And not that we're not having, you know, holding our breath till he gets back. I can't wait till it happens. But quite frankly, his absence has not been felt in the way that I think a lot of people thought that it would. DMAC and I were talking about it going into the season that, you know, with between Donald, and Cup and Stafford. Stafford's probably number one. I thought Cup was the second most important guy you couldn't lose. Well, they lost him before they even got started. They're scoring points, they're moving the ball, and that's because of Puka Nakua. I'll give him a lot of credit, but a lot of it needs to go to McVeigh as well. Yeah, I think McVeigh has done a really great job of just trusting Puka Nakua as a rookie, of course. They're without Cooper Cup and never wondered, is he going to just be solid stepping into that role? He's been outstanding, and it's not just it's a bunch of different ways. I mean, you see him in intermediate routes, strong hands. He's big, he's physical, but also Tutu Atwell. He's a player that has been much maligned in the Rams universe. A lot of people thought he was just a deep threat, just someone that can take the top off the defense. But you've seen him used in Sean McVay's crossers. He loves those strong hands, making catches over the middle. So really kind of comes down to the quarterback play for the Rams and Matthew Stafford just going out there and being efficient. I mean, you saw the last game, 55 pass attempts right there for Matthew Stafford. And for the most part, he's been fantastic. I think for one guy needs to step up, Van Jefferson, who that second interception that really led to the Rams' loss in the last game. Didn't right, run the right route. He kind of drifted. Should have came back to the, the quarterback. Would have prevented that. But I think Stafford, he has a lot of confidence in Nakua right now. But I'm very interested to see how they're going to scheme up and game plan for Nakua because he's not a secret to anyone anymore. You already see him just not available in any fantasy leagues. You're saying people saying that he could win the offensive rookie of the year in Bajon Robinson's third right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Can he do it for a third straight week as a rookie? That's a tough test. 
The Bengals have been putting four corners on the field quite often this year to try to get better coverage matchups in this slot from time to time. It'll be very interesting to see if that's how they answer Nakua, who suddenly, I like free draft, by the way, has become uh, a sensation in this league. Coming up next, guys, let's get into what needs to go right for each of these teams to win in week three. All right, before we do that, let me tell you about Bird Dogs. And you've heard me talk about these guys. I, I don't know if I have anything on when I go home that aren't my bird dog shorts or my bird dog pants. I like them that much. They're that comfortable. And the second I'm done at work and I come home, they go right on. That can tell you that they make you look really good. And they do. I could tell you that they stretch and they go and they feel and they look good and you wear them here and there. And it's all true. It's all good. That it looks like Lululemon. It fits like Lululemon, only way, way better, right? That's all fine. That's all true. It is the most comfortable pair of shorts. They are the most comfortable pair of pants that I have ever worn in my entire life. And I went from having a pair because, look, I'll tell you, Birdog gave me a pair too. I've bought six more pairs of the shorts and of the pants along the way. That's how great they are. I can't wait to put them on every single day. Here's what you do. You go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter the promo code locked on triple X at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on XXX for a free water bottle at checkout. You are not going to want to take them off. I absolutely promise you that you are going to be so pleased that you do it. You're going to buy them for your brother and your dad and random strangers in the street. Go to birddogs.com and don't forget that promo code locked on XXX. All right, guys, let's get into what has to go right for these teams to get a win. For the Cincinnati Bengals, I think it's two-pronged. Either Joe Burrow needs to shock us and be healthier than I think, or they I need, need to win on defense, essentially. Jake Browning needs to manage the game if he's the quarterback for the Bengals on offense, and the defense simply needs to create turnovers. Matt Stafford has been prone to the turnover-worthy play from time to time, but if they can create havoc and put the Bengals in advantageous situations on offense, I think it's pretty simple. I don't think the Bengals can win in a straight-up fashion. Maybe they can. Maybe the quality of the roster comes through here. But I think there's a lot to prove for this team in this game at a lot of spots on both sides of the ball. And I think it's going to be tough. How do you see it from the Rams' side? Well, I, I think the most important thing is we saw the difference between Seattle and San Francisco was the Rams didn't turn it over in San Francisco or in Seattle, and they won by 17 points. The Rams turned it over twice against San Francisco at home, and they lost. They lost by seven points, right? That even with two turnovers, they were still very much in a game against a team that I think a lot of people think is the best in the league. One of those was because Kyron Williams just whiffed on a catch, and it got knocked in the air. It got intercepted. The other one was where Van Jefferson, I agree with D-Mac, what he mentioned earlier, probably a route that probably should have been a little cleaner and a little more shallow, and that doesn't happen either. If they play clean football, I really like their chances to win this game. Sean McVay is very good when the whole world is watching. He's very good when they're primetime games. And I think they got a very good chance to go win a game that at the beginning of the season, you looked at it and said, that's going to be, if not impossible, very, very difficult to win. And now I think that with the injury to Burrow and everything else that's happened, the Rams have a very good opportunity to go in on Monday night and beat a very good team because they're not at their best. The Bengals will be desperate, I will say that. This is a team that has its back up against the wall a little bit, regardless of Burrow's status. So I know the defense is going to be fired up to come out and play. A lot of the players on this defense were present 
for that Super Bowl. I know there's been a lot of turnover in LA, less so the case in Cincinnati, certainly some new faces and some departures like Jesse Bates, Bomb Bell, that has been made uh, a pretty big deal of in, in that Cincinnati defense. I think the safety, at least Dax Hill replacement has been good. Maybe they missed Bomb Bell a little bit so far, but th there will be revenge on the mind, I think, for a lot of these Bengals players. It just gets harder to achieve without Joe Burrow. And you talk about playing in that primetime setting. Burrow has thrived in yep. high-pressure environments throughout his career and back in college at LSU. Th that's all. That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, I'm a broken record at this point. There's only so many ways to say the same thing. It's really, really hard to overcome the loss or diminishment of your starting quarterback when he is the engine for your team. That being said, we've seen the markets react to the potential Joe Burrow missing time or not being 100% as well. The game opened with Cincinnati being like a six, six and a half point favorite, something like that. That's down, I think, to two, two and a half points, depending on where yep. you're looking before these teams have practiced a single time for this Monday night football game as we record this episode. What, what are you thinking for the score here? Do you think that the Rams are going to be clicking on all cylinders or, or where are you at for the score, Doug? I think they have to score points. I mean, this defense, they've been tough, but how about we get a turnover? Still no turnovers through two games. Great defenses. They're going to create their opportunities, right? And they've done a nice job. They've got some big stops at key moments, but there's still a lot of youth and inexperience on that defense. And I think it's going to take more than just a few games to just figure everything out. So you're going to have to score points. And I think the number one key for the Rams, you have to protect Matthew Stafford. This offensive line for the Rams, they've played well. They've been great for the most part. Joe Nofum, we had a little injury scare with our right guard. He appears to be fine. He's a big key to their success. And look, the reality is Matthew Stafford's only been hit four times this season. If you keep him vertical, he's going to carve. So they have to lie at that score. But I think this Rams team, unless Joe Burrow doesn't play, which by the sound of your voice, it feels like you don't think he is. But if he does play, I think this Rams team has to get around 30 points to leave Cincinnati with a win. 30 points. That's a, that's a big number. Just the way the, the, the season has gone so far, but an unfamiliar defense, at least this time around for the Bengals, it, it's not going to be an unscouted offense, unscouted defense. You've got a lot of familiarity with McVay, two weeks of tape. The, the Ravens rolling out that Monken offense with Lamar Jackson for the first time and the Jim Schwartz defense in Cleveland for the first time. They, there were a lot of unscouted looks for this team, whereas the Bengals are one of the best scouted teams, I think, in the NFL at this point. Mm -hmm. Two straight AFC championship yeah. games and a lot of continuity will do that to you. They might need to be innovative in this game. They might need to get creative with the run game. I, I think that that's what it comes down to. Do, do either of you feel so bold as to make a score prediction for this game before we've had a single practice? I, I, Doug, Doug, I think, has a little more points on the board than I might. I think that the Rams win the game. I think that it's a closer game. That, Like you mentioned, Jake, this is a Bengals team that desperately wants to avoid an 0-3 start. It's, it's, you know, with seven playoff spots, it's a little different than it used to be, but that is, that is a very difficult hole to climb out of. I think it's a closer game. I think it's 20-17, to 17, the Rams, and I think D-Mac's right. I think they need to turn the ball over or take the ball away at least one time if they're going to win this game. I'll tell you yeah, this. If you if look, it's, sorry, go ahead, Doug. I was like, yeah, and if you look at the Bengals, their pressure rate of 13.5% is the fourth lowest in the NFL. I'm telling you, give Matthew Stafford some time. You saw this defense. You saw this offense go up against that 49ers defense, and they had success 
for more than two quarters, right? For more than two quarters, they look like the best team. But I think what it comes down to is you have a desperate Cincinnati Bengals team with all that hype, all those expectations, the best wide receiver trio in the league. You can't go 0-3, okay? You can't go 0-3. Only six teams that have started 0-3 have made the playoffs. Hasn't happened since the Texans in 2018. If a Rams team comes into Cincinnati, especially after what happened in Super Bowl 56, right, and wins that game, it's going to be bad for Cincinnati. You guys are going to be like, Joe Burrow looks like Kevin McAllister at home alone, just looking at the mirror, screaming, ah, like screaming. So you're going to be desperate for a dub, and I think that's why it's going to be a really, really close game. Wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati won this game, but I think this Rams team has a lot of quiet confidence after an encouraging loss against the 49ers where I think they learned a lot about themselves. We'll see if the Bengals pass rush can pick things up. That's been mentioned multiple times as a big key against Lamar Jackson. They were really not very aggressive. I think that might be a little bit different against Matt Stafford this week, and I'm excited to see if that Bengals defense, defensive line in particular can answer the call. That's going to do it for this Crossover Thursday. For more, we've got a couple of shows leading into this game on Lockdown Bengals, and check out Lockdown Rams for more updates as we get into our first practice of Monday Night Football after this Crossover Thursday episode on the Lockdown Podcast Network.